I get to introduce you to one of my favorite teachers. And she happens to also be our children's pastor, our worship pastor. Would you please give it up for Mrs. Kaylin Lara? Good morning, good morning. How are y'all doing today? <laughs> I'm excited for Easter, but I'm also very excited for today, getting the chance to share with you about something that God has put on my heart. So I want to start by asking you a question. When you think of something that has the power to transform and change lives, what is the first thing that comes into mind? Ooh, a lot of you say Jesus. That's a great answer when you're in church. I love it. <laughs> it's a great answer all the time, but that's awesome. Um, well, a lot of people probably would think about something that might have changed their life, which may be like some big event that has taken place in your life, or maybe it was a miracle that you saw God do in your life, and that, those are really incredible things. But today, I want to talk to you about something that may not look as big or as flashy as like a miracle, okay? We're going to look at something from the Bible that has the power to transform lives, but it can be something really simple. I experienced this transformation in my life when I was in high school. I was just this normal teenager, probably going through many of the things that most high schoolers go through. I was actually new to the area uh, when I started high school, and so I was trying to meet people and make the right connections, make the right friends. I was also dealing with something in high school that I was really, really self-conscious, and I was going through a pretty severe eating disorder at the time. Um, and I had a ton of stress that I had put on myself because of the, the coursework, all of the classwork that I, was, that I was trying to complete. And at the same time, I was trying to learn what it meant for me to have my own personal relationship with Jesus. I had seen my parents and other adults in my life have relationships with Jesus, but as a high schooler, I was like, this, this needs to be my own relationship. So how, how do I do that? And in the midst of this, these everyday kind of high school days, as I was walking through life, my life was changed by a woman named Liz. And she took an interest in me. And she decided that she was going to invest in my life. When I was probably not the person that most people were like, oh, she's the cool kid. I'm going to hang out with this kid, right? We all know those kind of high school, those, are, that those, are, those people are actually fun to hang out with. I was probably not one of those kids. I was not super fun when I was in high school. But, um, but this woman, Liz, she didn't care. <laughs> she said, I want to invest in Kaylin's life. And because of that, because of the time that she took, yes. and because of the care that she showed me, my life was changed forever. Wow. And this transforming element that Liz demonstrated in my life is described by Paul where we're reading in Galatians this week, in Galatians 5. So let's take a look at what Paul is talking about. In chapter 5, Paul starts by reminding us that Jesus has come to set us free. 
Galatians 5.1 says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Now, what kind of slavery is he talking about here? He's referencing the same kinds of things that Pastor Tim talked with us about last week. If you're here, you'll remember that Pastor Tim talked about different gospels that people start to follow, which Paul says really aren't gospels at all. The first gospel that Pastor Tim talked about was legalism, where people get caught up in making sure that they're doing all of the right things and they're following really strict rules that that they believe that they have to do so that they can be saved. They think that they have to follow really strict rules or else they won't be accepted by God. The other gospel that we talked about is on the other end of the spectrum where people follow the gospel of license, which those people, they'll break all of the rules because they believe that God will always forgive them. They'll be involved in all kinds of sin, And they think that it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, God is just going to give them grace and forgiveness for all of the things that they've done. And then the other gospel that Pastor Tim talked about was what kind of like the feel-good gospel, where people who follow this gospel believe that God exists to help them feel good about themselves and that God is just going to give them what they want when they need it and and that he's going to tell them what they want to hear. However, what we talked about last week is that those gospels are false gospels. And Paul says that they're not really gospels at all. And the reality is, is that whatever we dedicate our lives to follow, or whatever false gospel we choose to follow, that is what we become slaves to. Those who dedicate their lives to legalism are now slaves to the law, to the rules. When they dedicate their lives to license, they're slaves to the sin that they've partaken. And when they follow after the the feel-good gospel, they're really slaves to their own self-centeredness. They only think about themselves and what they want. But when we follow after these false gospels, we will never receive all that God has for us. And that's why Paul reminds us in Galatians that Christ set us free from all of those things. Jesus has given us a new gospel to follow. The gospel of Christ is one of freedom and not of slavery. Jesus came to earth and he died on a cross to give us freedom. And then he rose again so that we would have a future with him forever. And in the context of Galatians, where we're reading right now, the people were prone to following the gospel of legalism. They thought that they had to follow really strict rules so that they could be accepted by God. And Paul was warning them, saying, that is not the true gospel that you need to be following after. And he did not want them to be enslaved to those things. And so he said, It's for freedom that Christ has set you free. Don't live in that slavery. Live in the freedom that Jesus paid the price for. And the same thing is true for us today. Whatever false gospel we're following or whatever 
whatever we think that we need to do, whether it's following all of the rules or maybe we think that we can do whatever we want because God's going to forgive us no matter what we do. Whatever it is, whatever false gospel we are trying to follow after, Jesus set us free from that. So we can live a life that means so much more than just trying to follow the rules or doing whatever we want to satisfy our own desires. So Paul writes in Galatians and starts by saying that these other false gospels and these things that try to enslave us, he says they have no value at all. He says that none of that matters. And that's a big statement in and of itself. He's saying that these things that some people dedicate their lives to follow after, that that doesn't matter at all. It has no value. But then he goes on to say something that's even crazier. He says in Galatians verse 5, sorry, Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, he says, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. The only thing that counts, not legalism, not license, nothing else matters except for faith expressed through love. And this is the concept that I was talking about earlier that has the power to transform lives. And it can even transform the world when we capture this and when we put it into practice. Now, this woman, Liz, that I was talking about, she might not have changed the entire world, but she changed my life. And she changed the world for me. She was actually my youth pastor at the time. And she had two little girls. One of them was still like under one year old, I believe. And I remember every Wednesday, she would get her daughters out of bed early in the morning. She'd get them dressed, put them in the car, drive 30 minutes to be near my high school, she would sit with me in Starbucks for an hour before I went to school, every Wednesday. And she just poured into my life. And I honestly can't tell you a lot of the things that she ever spoke to me. I don't remember all of her words, but I remember that she was there. I remember what it felt like to know that she cared enough about me to take that time out of her life to sit with me in the midst of all of my issues, in the midst of all of my insecurities. She cared enough to take the time because she knew that I needed someone to express their faith in love for me. I needed to see that evident in my life. She knew what that was, what that would mean for me, and it changed my life. So faith and expressing faith in love 
for other people can look as simple as sitting in Starbucks with somebody to show them that you care. Or it could be on an even greater, bigger scale. I was reminded this week of a man that I met when I was about 20 years old when I went on a missions trip to Cambodia. His name was Ted, and he and his wife served as missionaries in Cambodia for over 25 years. And when I met him, I was in Cambodia, and he shared some of his story with me. And he told me about just this incredible love that he had for God. And because of that love, he decided that he and his wife were going to leave the comfort of their home in the United States, and they were going to move to a foreign country in Cambodia. And he decided that he was going to move there so that he could show other people the love of God. And he began to mentor young people. And a lot of those people that he was mentoring became pastors and started their own churches. And he had a church that was ministering to tons of people who needed to be shown the love of God in Cambodia. But his ministry didn't just stop there. One of the most special things that I got to witness about his ministry is that he began an organization called Foursquare Children of Promise. And this organization built tons of homes around the nation of Cambodia that got to shelter orphans and children who were separated from their families. These children who were going to have no life or opportunity in life got to be received in this home and loved and cared for because of this man who decided to leave his comfort in the United States and go and start loving on people. And when I was in Cambodia, I got to visit some of these homes that were started, and there were tons of orphans and children that didn't have a family. And when they saw Ted, their faces lit up. All around Cambodia, Ted and his wife are known as Pa and Ma. There is a whole nation of orphans and children with, without parents who now know that they have a mother and a father who care for them. They were brought into family. Their needs were cared for. They had the opportunity to go to school, all because Ted knew what it looked like to express his faith in love. And it changed an entire nation. Ted lived his life with the understanding that the only thing that mattered was faith expressing itself through love. And so that's why he sacrificed everything that he had so that he could go and love on people that he knew would never be able to give him anything in return. He understood that his faith was not meant to just be for himself. His relationship with God was supposed to be something that he was able to act out and show other people in love. And it's the same for us. Our faith is not to be, meant to be something that is just kept private. Our faith and our relationship with God is meant to be lived out 
like we heard from Titus last week, that we would be totally committed to doing good deeds because of the faith that we have in Jesus, because of the relationship that we have with him, we would be totally committed to doing good deeds. And it's not because we have some legalistic obligation that I have to do these things. It's because of the love that God has shown for us that we get to choose to go and show that love to other people. There's a scripture from 1 John that says, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Our love is meant to be lived out, not just talked about. Saying that you love someone doesn't mean as much as showing them that you love them. When my husband tells me that he loves me, That's really great, and I need to hear that. (laughs) But when he shows me he loves me by caring for me, by doing things for me that he sees that I need help with, by showing me affection, I know that he really loves me because he's showing it to me. He's not just saying it with his mouth. He's showing me that he cares and that he loves me. There are too many people in the world who say that they have faith, they say that they love God, and they might even say with their mouth that they love people, but they are not expressing that in love, in action. And when we say that we have faith and we aren't expressing it in love with action, toward other people. Paul tells us in Galatians what that's called. He says that that is called acting in the flesh. And Paul describes what that looks like. He says that the acts of the flesh are obvious. They're sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, Selfish ambition, dissensions, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. That list is the type of things that people are involved in when their faith isn't being expressed in love. It's interesting to notice that in this list of 15 acts of the flesh, that over half of these sins are relational. And what that shows us is that when our flesh takes over, it not only destroys our faith, but it also destroys our capacity to be able to love people well. And you'll understand that when you think about someone who is acting in hatred. You know that that person cannot be loving. There's another verse in 1 John that tells us that if we claim to love God, but that we hate a brother or a sister, that we are a liar. You cannot love and hate at the same time. You're lying to yourself if you're saying, I love God, but you're hating people. We 
need to not walk in the flesh of hatred, but to show people love. Or if you look at another one of those acts of the flesh, if you think of somebody who's causing division between people, you know that that's not loving. Bringing division and separating people is the opposite of expressing love. Love brings people together, but the acts of the flesh tear people apart. And unfortunately, in the same way that the world can be changed for the better when our faith is expressed in love, the opposite is also true. Our world can be destroyed when people are operating in the flesh without love. And to give you a picture of how these acts of the flesh can literally tear our lives apart, if you take a look at this list, I bet that when you look at that list, you can point out something, one of those things that somebody has done in your life that has caused you pain, that has hurt you. Whether it was somebody acting out of jealousy or acting out of rage or selfishness, you know that when those things happen in your life, your life is impacted. I mean, let's get really honest here. I bet that most of the people in this room, if not every one of you, has experienced someone who has given in to drunkenness. Whether it's a family member who that's part of their story or whether you're at a party or an event and you saw somebody or maybe you just passed somebody on the street, you know that those people are not expressing their faith in love when they've given themselves over to that. And they, they've lost their ability to love other people, expressing their faith that way. When we give ourselves over to these acts of the flesh. And honestly, that's why some Christians have gotten a bad rap. Because they say that they have faith that they have love for God, but they don't express it in love. When someone says that they have faith, but their actions are expressions of hatred and discord and division, it makes their faith look really hurtful and unattractive. That's why we as Christians, as people who love God, must be committed to expressing our faith in love or else we can really hurt the people around us and even discourage people, other people from coming to faith in Jesus and having their own relationship with him. If they see his followers acting in hatred, they're not gonna wanna be one of his followers. So we have to act up, act in love toward others. And the good news is that God has given us the Holy Spirit to help us to say no to the acts of the flesh. And in Galatians 5, Paul gives us a contrasting list from these acts of the flesh. He says that there are also fruits of the Spirit that can be evident in our life. He says that these fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, 
gentleness, and self-control. Where the sins of the flesh detract from the loving expression of our faith, the fruit of the Spirit enhance our expression of faith and love. For example, when we operate in kindness, we say no to the sins of the flesh of discord and dissension, and we begin to lovingly express our faith to other people when we are kind. Or when we operate in the fruit of the spirit of self-control, we are no longer walking in the fleshly desires of sexual immorality and impurity and satisfying our lustful pleasures. When we aren't following after or seeking those desires of the flesh anymore, we are available to love people wholeheartedly. The Holy Spirit helps us so that we can more effectively love others. And if we truly believe, as Paul did, that the only thing that counts is faith expressed in love, then we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and have these fruits of the Spirit evident in our life. So, What does this really look like for us? I'm going to give you a few examples of practical ways that we can express our faith and love to other people as we look at a few more ideas that Paul gave us in Galatians. The first one was from chapter 5, verse 13, and he says, Serve one another humbly in love. He literally tells us that Jesus freed us, so we shouldn't use that freedom to indulge our flesh and to give in to its desires. Instead, we should serve others humbly in love. And that looks like not thinking that you're better than anyone else or turning your nose up at other people and thinking, I'm more important. It means being humble having humility, putting others' needs before your own. One way that you could realistically do this, each one of you have the opportunity to do this by serving at church. Instead of having the mindset of I come to church so that I can be filled up, so that I can hear from God, so I'm really gonna need other people to serve me. I need other people to watch my kids so that I'm not distracted. I need other people to serve on the media team because if I was serving, it would be just too distracting for me and I wouldn't get all that God has for me. Did you hear all of those I statements, right? Instead of having a mindset like that, saying, you know what? I know that if nobody else is serving on the media team, that our service cannot be live streamed and people all over the world would not be able to experience what God has for them, what God is saying to them. And so I'm gonna be the one to sit up there. And the really awesome thing is that when we do serve, God fills us up so much (laughs) so that we can serve other people. And so that's one way that you can express your faith and love for other people is saying, I am going to put others' needs in front of my own. 
It's not just going to be about me, me, me. It's going to be seeing what I can do to serve others as I humble myself in love for them. One of the people that I see serving others all the time is my mom. (laughs) If you know Pastor Kelly, you know that she is someone who does everything that she can to express her faith in love to other people. Whether you have experienced that love by attending one of our events at the church that she has helped to facilitate, or whether you have experienced one of her incredible hugs, (laughs) you know that she just loves to love people. And no matter who you are and whether you know it or not, you have experienced the love of God demonstrated through Pastor Kelly when you've walked into this church by the way that she has decorated the room so that you would feel invited and welcomed in or because she has picked out the very specific flavor of donuts that would be a blessing to everyone (laughs) so that they could have something special when they come on Sundays. Each one of you has experienced the love of Pastor Kelly (laughs) because she has a faith that she wants to express in love to you. But she doesn't only do this at church. One of the amazing things that I love seeing about my mom is that she loves other people who sometimes are ignored by others. When she sees somebody who might be on the outskirts, she is just drawn to them because she wants every person to feel that they are loved, to know that they are seen, and that they have value. There are people that others might not want to hang out with all the time, but those people know that my mom cares for them. And so sometimes they will even call her, and my mom will faithfully sit on the phone with them for hours And talk to them because that is an expression of her faith in love to them. She has chosen to humble herself and put their needs before hers. And you might think, well, that's great for Pastor Kelly that she has the time and energy to do that. But I could could never. Let me tell you that Pastor Kelly is one of the busiest people that I know. (laughs) She is... Uh, she's always doing something, but she makes it a priority to love other people and to serve them humbly in love because she knows that it's the only thing that counts. It's expressing our faith in love to other people. If we're expressing our faith, but not acting out and serving others, it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. It has to be expressed in action and love to other people. The next idea that Paul gives us is from chapter 6, verse 2. And he says that we can express our love by carrying each other's burdens. When we see somebody who is struggling, we should be willing to help them. And if you've ever experienced someone who came alongside of you when you, were in the t- when, when you were in a time of need, you know how much that can change someone's life. 
I know I experienced this kind of love when I first had my baby boy. My baby Jesse James is almost a year old, but when uh, he was first born, he was not uh, maybe normal. <laughs> he would only eat, sleep, and scream. And this was not a normal baby cry. This was a full-out scream. And it's not because there was anything wrong with him. That is literally just how he expressed himself <laughs> in those first weeks of life. But let me tell you, that was really hard for me as his mom. But there were other people that came around me and said, I want to help you carry this burden. So I had people that cooked me meals, people that just texted me and checked in on me and said, hey, how are you doing? In fact, I don't know if she's here today. Is Vi Betancourt here? No. Well, just no. Miss Vi Betancourt carried my burden when she saw me at Target one day, and I could do nothing to console my child. He was just screaming. And all she did was walk up to me and say, Kaylin, you're doing a great job. She knew because she had been a first-time mom herself that I was dealing with thinking, am I doing anything right? Am I failing as a mother? She knew. She didn't have to come and take my baby and try to feed him or change his diaper. She didn't do any of that. She just came and she smiled at me and said, Kaylin, you're a good mom. And that took such a burden off of me that she would express her faith and love to me that way. Another time I've witnessed this is when I was, uh, I graduated from high school and I was interning at a church in another state. And we all were interning at this church together. There was a group of us. And we lived in apartments together and we served at the church all day long, all the time. We were serving, 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 serving. It was an awesome experience. But because we were serving all the time, most of us didn't have the time to go out and get another job. And this, uh, this internship that we were a part of had a tuition because there were also classes involved and because we were living in apartments, we had to, we had to pay for that. And um, luckily, I worked at Subway when I was a senior in high school, and I had saved all my money. And so I was able to like, just like eek by, right, with the little money that I had saved. But I had a friend who lived in the apartment with me who was really, really struggling. She was any, any moment that she had free, she was like, what kind of odd job can I do to earn something? Because I know that if I don't make some kind of income, I'm literally going to have to leave this internship that I feel like God called me to because I can't put food on my table anymore. I can't put gas in my car anymore because I'm serving at the church so constantly. And I knew that this was really, really weighing on her. And one day, there was a lady from our church. She was an elderly lady, and she said, hey, friend, why don't you come to lunch with me? And so my friend went out to lunch with her, and my, this lady, she paid for her lunch. They had a wonderful time. And not only did she get a nice lunch out of the deal, but this lady said, I'm going to pay for some of your tuition. 
And I remember coming home one day and my friend was sitting in my apartment and she just had tears in her eyes. And she said, guess what somebody did for me? She had such a weight on her shoulders that had been lifted just because this woman had the means to meet a need. And so she said, let me meet that need for you. And we can do the same kinds of things. None of us have to look very far to see somebody who, is, needs, who has a need that needs to be met. We can just turn around and see people that are carrying burdens that you might not even know about. Each of us carry burdens. What has God equipped you with that you could use to help carry somebody else's burden? Our city is full of people who carry heavy burdens. What can we do to lighten the load? of somebody else because that is an expression of our faith in love for other people. So as we close today, you guys all should have received a little note card and a pencil. If you didn't, we can have somebody bring you one if you wave us down. If you're online, go grab a piece of paper and a pen. And because I know how easy it can be sometimes to walk into church on Sunday and say, oh, that was lovely. What a good message. That was great. And then we can leave and kind of forget about it. But if we believe that this is the only thing that counts, we've got to take action and not just sit in, oh, what a lovely teaching that Pastor Kalen gave us, right? We have to take action. So I want for each one of you to leave with a practical action step that you have written down for yourself on this little card so that you can leave this place, you can keep this little card in your car or put it somewhere in your home where you're going to see it and you're going to remind yourself that this is what I'm going to do to express my faith and love to somebody else, okay? So I want you to just take a moment to think about something that God would put on your heart that you could do this week, this week, to express your faith and love to somebody else. Whether it's you deciding that you are going to invite somebody to Starbucks and you're going to sit with them so that they would know that you care about them, or whether you are going to find a way to serve somebody else humbly in love, or if God is putting something on your mind in a way that you could help to carry somebody else's burden. Just take one moment, because I want you guys to have this in front of you that's going to keep you accountable so that this week, you are going to express your faith in love to somebody else. And I know that some of you might be thinking, well, I am a very loving person, and I do these things all of the time. And that is super great. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. 
But if we don't take the time to ask God what he would want us to do, we are never going to get out of our natural rhythms. If you are naturally loving and you naturally express your faith and love to other people, that is so awesome. But if we never take the moment to say, God, what would, what would you have me do? What is the way that you would show me that I could love other people? Then we're never going to break out of the norm that we usually do. Because it could be something really small. But if you wake up one day and you say, God, what's one way that I could express my faith and love to somebody? And he says, I want you to move to Cambodia. <laughs> and I want you to share my love to other people in a foreign country, right? We'll never, we'll never hear that if we're not asking God, what is something that I can do? What would you have me do to love other people? All right. We all got something written down? Awesome. I want you guys to hold that in your hands, and I'm going to pray for you. As you go out and as you choose to love other people this week. So just hold it in your hands as a sort of offering, saying, God, this is what I'm committing to. Lord Jesus, I thank you for these wonderful people that are here this morning, Lord God. And I thank you for what you have put on their hearts and on their minds, Lord Jesus, as the way that they can love others in action, not just with words, but a way that they can express their faith in love. And I pray, Lord God, that you would give each and every one of us a boldness that we would not shy back, Lord God, but that we would be bold, we would be courageous in loving other people. No matter what it is that you ask us to do, God, I pray that we would have the faith and have the courage to do what you're calling us to. Because we know, Lord Jesus, that this is the only thing that matters, is that people would see our faith expressed in love to them. And God, would you just change the world by our love being expressed to other people? Help us, Lord God, to say no to these acts of the flesh and to pursue more of the Holy Spirit, that you would fill us up with the fruits of the Spirit, that we would love people, that we would be filled with your joy and your peace and your self-control, God, that when we would go out, Lord Jesus, that we would be able to love people extravagantly, even if it's just a simple action. Lord God, that we would be able to love people and that this community and that this world would feel the love of God because of the way that we are expressing our faith in love. Thank you, Jesus. We give these acts to you, Lord God, and we pray that you would help us to be faithful to complete them. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Man, I'm so thankful for how the gospel is action-oriented. 
you know, it's so easy to kind of think that like, oh man, our faith is just this internal privatized thing. But when we read scripture closely and as how Kaylin just helped us draw out uh, from the text today, it is action oriented. I've got my note. I've, I've got it. I've got it. I know this week what God is asking me to do. And I'm actually, I'm excited about it. I'm already, oh man, this is going to be so cool. Because when we express our faith in love, you know what? Guess what happens? We get blessed. Because out of the fruit that God has given us, when we multiply it, there is blessing. Be fruitful and multiply. And multiply. So our faith is action-oriented. I'm going to surprise Ken right now. Put your coat down. Come up on stage with me. Kaylin had mentioned about baptisms on Easter. If you have not been baptized, but you're someone who has come to faith, but has never made that public declaration of faith, Easter is going to be a great time to do that. In fact, in our Spanish service, I think we already have like five, six, seven people have already said, I'm going to be baptized on Easter, So, which is really, really cool. By the way, you're not always there. Really good things are happening in our Spanish congregation. You are free to stay and check that out at 1130. But... Pastor Ken, is a, he's not on our staff, but he is um, part of our uh, ministry team, and he's one of our pastors here. He oversees our baptism ministry, and uh, he didn't know I was going to do this today. But if you would like to be baptized today, I'm going to ask Ken, uh, if you could just go right out now to the courtyard. I want you to see him. But if you could just step right out there, because Ken is going to be there to say, hey, let's connect. Next week, there's going to be an opportunity to learn more about baptism so that two weeks from now, you're going to be ready to step into those waters. I'm going to ask our ministry team to come forward. Church, be blessed and be loving this week. Don't forget, one of the ways that you can express your faith in love is by inviting someone to join you on Easter Sunday. It's going to be so good being together in the house of the Lord in a couple of weeks. But, man, you got to invite your, your buddies and your family to be here with you. It's going to be great. Church, be blessed. Go in love.